0: Undone is more than just a rotoscoped animation series. It was actually a psychological comedy created by Kate Purdy and Raphael Bob-Waksberg, and Rosa Salazar was in the starring role. It premiered in 2019 on Amazon Prime, and it got a lot of acclaim, as a matter of fact. It even had a second season, and that premiered on April 29, 2022. The premise, and here's the official description, The elastic nature of reality through its central character, Alma. After getting into a nearly fatal car crash, Alma discovers she has a new relationship with time and uses this ability to find out the truth about her father's death. This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore humanity. And here is my look at Undone, taped at San Diego Comic-Con, here on Rewind. Playing that woman, Alma Weingard-Diaz, is Rosa Salazar. The series uses rotoscoped animation, but she didn't approach it that way.
1: This is a live action role. We film it and then we film it in live action. We film it like in a black box setting in a room smaller than this actually uh, with practical things like a table and a chair and then everything else is painted in. So you you do approach voice acting different from live action but this was live action. And uh, the things that were different about it are that we're only interacting with certain things. So sometimes there are things that are taped out onto the floor, like, oh, by the way, you just walk through a couch. That's going to be painted in later, so just remember there's a couch here and don't walk through it. Uh, but if you and I are doing a dinner scene, they would wheel out a table and two chairs and props that we ha- absolutely have to interact with. And uh, all of those things would be roto-lined, which means traced. And then Hand painted in later, but all of the backdrops are actually—you didn't ask this, what I'm going to tell you—they're all hand painted, classically painted oil paintings. So even something as banal as a, a tiled wall in a bathroom is a classically painted oil painting. So there's something like 200 oil. Paintings per episode.
0: So it's kind of like what they used to call rotoscoping, but now instead of doing it manually, it's all by
1: computer. It is, and and the first Disney films were were made that way. They were filmed live action, and then they were traced because they didn't know how to animate that yet. So it is very much that that same it is that same style that, that Disney used in the very beginning. Only now we do have. Uh, the technology that we have now. So it's more crisp, it's more lifelike, it's it's, it's more uh, rich.
0: More on Undone on Sci-Fi Talk, so stay tuned. What was it like when you first saw yourself on screen? Her reaction was different from her role in Alita Battle Angel.
1: Well, it's interesting because I've done this before where I'm like, oh, that's me. Um, but uh, that was a more mutated version of me. This is this is just simply me. This is like uh, everything is in the right proportion up there. So um, I loved it. You know, I love doing things like that because I, I like to disengage with my myself, uh, my body, Um my, my skeleton. I like to experience it from from the way you experience it, and I can because I have this sort of barrier. Although it's undeniably me, um, I loved it when I saw it. I was extremely, I was extremely proud of it, and they let me watch the first two episodes. Uh, they gave me a link, which never give anyone a link. Um, but uh, but I watch it religiously, over and over and over again. I'm hypercritical. I I I can find something wrong in heaven. You know, I'm I'm I can always find something. Wrong. I'm so critical of my work. I'm extremely hard on myself. Um, but I could find nothing wrong with it, and uh, and it it. I'm so proud of it. I'm probably the proudest of this than I've ever been of anything in my life because it it touches on a few key things a few key themes that I, I dealt with in my own life you know um, uh, mental illness uh, the death of a father, charged relationship with a mother, you know, sibling relationship, uh, lover relationship, and uh, questioning my own reality my own spirituality. So um, what did I feel when I watched it for the first time? Everything. I, I, I cried a lot. I still cry. I almost cried on stage after I almost got fired from Comic-Con.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah I, right out of the gate. It's like, I love to just cuss a lot. They <laughs> don't like it.
0: Alba is questioning her own existence and place in the world.
1: Well, almost 28 years old, and she's having sort of a quarter-life crisis. If I mean that seems kind of a layman's term for it, but it's uh, that's what she's going through. She's seeing, oh, uh, I'm at this age where I'm seeing the monotony. I'm seeing the patterns here, and is this it? Is there nothing more to it than this? I wake up, I get dressed, I eat breakfast, I go to work, I come home. I wake up, I get dressed, I eat breakfast, I go to work, I come home. I wake up, I eat breakfast, I get. I mean, it's. Is that it? Uh, so she starts to unravel, in a way. She lost her father. Nobody really wants to talk about it. Her sister is very much like, you grow up, you get married, you you have kids, and then you grow old, and then you have grandkids, and the whole plan is there. I have a 10-year plan. She's the opposite side of the spectrum, which, quite frankly, it seems like an antidote because it's just, she's not aware that... You're on this like Treadmill yeah. Sister So she gets into a fight With her sister And she has, suffers A near fatal car accident She slips into a coma And when she wakes up She starts to Be able to, she, she sees starts to see Her deceased father And communicate With him and she asked him, "Am I going crazy?" Like Geraldine, her grandmother who suffered from schizophrenia. "Am I going am I going crazy?" And um, and his answer is quite vague. <laughs> He's like, "No, no, well, kind of." And I think that that's really the question we're all sort of asking the whole series is that, is she is she just Crazy? Is none of this real? Is this all in her mind, or is she a shaman? Is she? Does she have magical abilities, or is she just schizophrenic? Is this just uh, some? Just just she just hit her front temple low, and now she's you know crazy so she's sort of going on this journey through her spirituality trying to figure out her own you know where she is in this world what is her own reality while also going on a journey with her dead father to back to the night where he was killed to see if she can change the course of events so she could have him back got it (laughs) simple right
0: not simple but we like it like that Animation opens up many possibilities.
1: Well, I think it's unique because we do it in rotoscope. And when you have that ability to seamlessly morph in and out of scenes, seamlessly morph from floating through sky to falling into a bed it becomes more fluid we don't know where one thing begins and one thing ends. When, with, through animation you can really start to mess with where we are when it is if it's If two weeks from now we can morph everything around us To be two weeks from now um it also kind of makes you lost in a way you know you're like well well actually where am i and and i think that's on purpose because you're with her you're with her on this journey and when you're confused she's confused i mean imagine how much of a a a a mind blank (laughs) if you suddenly were sort of falling through time and space and repeating things that you had just done um, when, when she's going through that you're going through that and when we do because we did it through rotoscope you can have her in a hospital bed and you can have the world flying by and you can really start to grasp those intangible aspects of what it's like to have a, a panic attack what it's like to have a mental breakdown, what it's like to see beyond um, what you and I well I don't know about you but um, what, it's, what it's like to, to see beyond the curtain, what it's like maybe for a guy who's on a street corner having a full on conversation with someone who isn't there maybe they are there So when you have this ability to do it in animation, you have the ability to do it in rotoscope. that's that's really going to afford you a lot of liberties when you're dealing with that time-space bending aspect. Thanks. I mean, you
0: killed it as a leader. Right?
1: Thanks. Oh, thank you. Uh, going from kingess into a
0: warrior it was an amazing transformation.
1: Thank you, I appreciate that. Too well, good. you'll love Undone. I promise. Oh, I promise. You oh. love what you're doing. Tying.
0: There's more of my look at Undone here on Sci-Fi Talk. We'll be back in a bit. Hello, I am C-3PO, Human-Cyborg Relations. This is Leonard Nimoy. Hi, I'm Angel Colby, and um, I play Guinevere in Merlin.
2: Hi, this is Billy Boyd, I play Pippin in Lord of the Rings, and you're listening to Sci-Fi Talk. Live long and prosper.
0: Back with my undone special with showrunner Raphael Bob-Waksberg, who talks about the decision to use rotoscoped animation.
3: Yeah, I, I, I actually don't remember when that, like, decision happened. I mean, I remember there was a series of conversations with Kate and then with Hisco Helsing, our director. I was really excited about the idea because I, I've never seen a show fully rotoscoped like this. I mean, it's, it's a huge undertaking. But I love the look of it and I love the promise of it. I think we all really got excited about the possibilities of it and and, and the ways in which you get sucked into that world with rotoscope animation. It's very different from the way you watch other animated shows or even live action shows. Um, And it felt like it complemented our scripts really well, and it it gave us possibilities uh, for performance um, that we could really take advantage of, so it was really exciting.
0: One of the things you could do, and, and Rosa was talking about this, is that if a person is thinking something, instead of them talking about it, you can show it and yeah. not be constricted because it is animation.
3: Yeah, I think that's right. I think you know one of the benefits of this particular kind of animation is that you know, I think in some ways our show is very grounded and emotional, uh, even though it's about a woman becoming unstuck in time and floating through the cosmos. I like the way that the, the style of animation really grounds us in the real world and makes it feel like, oh, these are people, these are sisters, this is a relationship between a, a, a woman and a boyfriend, or a woman and her, her mother. Um, this isn't like a crazy fantastical comic book show. This is, uh, you know, this is the real world. And then but because it's animated and not live action, when the more magical stuff starts to happen, it doesn't all of a sudden feel like, oh, here comes the special effects. It, it feels like an outgrowth of what the show already is. So kind of, it straddles that very real and very fantastical uh, line
0: in a really cool way, I think. Here he talks about creating the character of Alma.
3: I mean, the character came from conversations with Kate. I think we're both really attracted to to prickly characters, wounded characters, um, funny characters. Uh, And then Rosa came in and just brought it to life. And I I feel like she showed us who the character was more than we even knew. But we wanted someone who felt um, damaged and felt like a half step off of life and felt like didn't quite was Surrounded by people where that it was easy for them and didn't understand how that was. Um, that that's a character trait that's always very attractive to me. A lot of the characters on Bojack are like that too. You know, so, someone who yeah, did, you know, a bit of a
0: square peg in a round hole, she finds her hole. <laughs> Ro- I mean, rotoscoping, I mean, Disney I think made Snow White rotosc- mm-hmm. using rotoscoping. It's an, it's an old technique, yeah, but it's but obviously now there's a software for it, so does that. Cut down on your production time as opposed to the old way. Or, or?
3: I don't know. I mean, I, I I couldn't answer a lot of the production questions for how it was done because it really is. I mean, it's still animators you know going frame by frame and adjusting it. It's not like you just throw a filter on it, um, and 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 it. It, it looks perfect. Like it really is. It's, it's it's still an artist's job. But what's 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 fun about doing the show is that the technology for it actually kept changing while we were making it. Because there's there've been so few fully rotoscope projects um, that every time there's a new one, uh, it's an opportunity to innovate. And so you know this is that we you know we made eight episodes now. This is like the longest rotoscope fully rotoscope project and ever, right? Um, and so we, we were we were doing stuff for episodes one I remember there are certain rules about like, what kinds of patterns we could use or what would be easy and we came back from episode three and it was like no everything's different now no to these patterns yes to these patterns we found like a new way of doing it uh, so we can't do that anymore so it was really exciting to feel like oh we're, we're at the forefront of this
0: He describes the first season and what Alma's journey is.
3: You know, in the the, the first two episodes, um, the first episode is very much about her relationship and the people in her lives in the present. And the second episode is very much about her relationship with her father in the past. Um, And then the rest of the season is really about both. And it's about, you know, what is this journey she's going on with her father? How is it affecting things in the quote unquote real world? is Is it making her a better, more fulfilled person? Or is it? taking her away from that reality and that's that's a question we want people to be asking all season that's a question she herself is asking all season but it is it is very much about i think it's a show about relationships and it's a show about her relationship with her father but just as much her relationship with her sister and her boyfriend and her mother
0: more interviews from undone taped at san diego comic-con in a moment shooting this series in itself a challenge.
3: Uh, the shooting challenge. I think Rosa really uh, bore the brunt of that because she. I mean, she is the star of the show. She's in almost every scene for the entire season. There's there's a couple times when we're out of her POV, but almost all season she's there. And because. Um, there was, uh, we don't have to set up lights or do hair and makeup in the same way for for rotoscopy. We just moved very quickly through scenes. And also, it was very uh, strictly storyboarded because we knew exactly what angles we were going to get because we were already painting the background. So there wasn't a lot of like, oh, let's figure out the shot. And there there's just very fast turnaround. And I think, you know, um, for a lot of our actors who are used to like, okay, you do the scene and you get prepped for it, then you go sit in your dressing room for like an hour and then you come out and then you do it's like, no, we. We, you know we were doing five six seven scenes a day and just like running her rag and she's an incredible performer um, I don't think we could have done it with anybody else um, and she, she really was able to funnel that kind of uh, exasperation into the performance itself and that kind of lost feeling um I think that was the biggest challenge as far as production, just like trying not to wear our actors out. Uh, Rosa, chief among them. Did it, um, uh, so we did one episode at a time, and we'd go like a month between episodes because it took so long to prep because we had a storyboard and we had and then we had to rotoscope so it's such a long process um, that it, it took a very long time to shoot but it was all these like bursts it was like okay we got the crew we got the cast let's do this real fast and so all of our cast was also, like doing other stuff you know Bob was shooting Better Call Saul and we were like okay we got Bob for like three days let's get all the Bob and Rose things in on this day it was like a, 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 a scheduling nightmare but I'm I'm really amazed that we were able to get it and I think it speaks to how much. All the actors believed in the material. And they wanted to be there, and they they were able to make their make themselves available on that crazy schedule to do like okay, three days here, and then you're go do something else for two months, and then we're going to have you back
0: with Amazon. How much uh, freedom did they give you? Did they any book restrictions on you at all?
3: No, I no restrictions. I mean, they have notes like any network, but it's always a conversation, and, and you know, it definitely feels like we're all on the same page, and we're, we're trying to make the show that we want to make. You know, I, I've I've worked on shows. Um, at other networks sometimes where it feels like, oh, they they bought this show that you pitched but they really want is this show and every note they give you is me trying to drag this show over to here and you're like but I just want to make this show and I think from the very beginning I think Amazon really got on board with, with the show that we wanted to do and they want to help us make that show and you know get it to the widest possible audience and so they'd say like um what is going on here this thing doesn't quite make sense. okay we have to we have to explain it for Amazon because we've been talking about this for months and we understand but yeah, how can we clarify this or, or, or make this be more emotional more emotional Bring this out or maybe not have our protagonist say the F-word quite so many times in the pilot episode. <laughs> um, but it's it's been a wonderful experience working with them.
0: The series was created by Kate Purdy, who talks about Bob Odenkirk taking a break from Better Call Saul to play Alma's father.
2: So Bob Odenkirk plays our dad, Jacob Winograd. Uh, he died back in 2002, um, he's a scientist, he's a professor of theoretical physics, um, and he approaches his daughter from the astral plane and tells her, listen, I caused this car accident because I need you to figure out how to access these extrasensory abilities that are innate within you so that you can travel back in time and save me. It wasn't an accident, I was murdered, I need you to travel back and figure out what happened and change the course of history.
0: So how, how did the sisters get? Along.
2: The sisters are a funny pair because they're very different. All this, uh, all this character who's played by Rosa Salazar is always questioning reality, questioning our purpose here, questioning whether or not there's more to our experience in life and, and what we're doing and why we're doing it. And her sister Becca, who is played by Anjali Cabral, um, is fine. She loves life. Life is good. Life works with her. She goes along, she gets along, she plays the game, she's good at the game, she wins at the game. It's not an issue. So oftentimes they don't see eye to eye on that, but. They have a profound love for each other, a profound respect for each other. Um, They do get in fights. They do take little jabs at each other. They know how to hurt each other. Uh, But ultimately, they realize that they share such family history together that at a deeper level, there's more in common than either of them could anticipate.
0: The series deals with mental health.
2: So the the story in terms of mental health is actually very personal for me. My grandmother was schizophrenic and there's schizophrenia in the family and I've never really quite understood all of it because there's a bit of secrecy around it, sort of like a, a shroud of mystery for me. She died before I was born my father doesn't really like to talk about it um, and so I always kind of wondered about my own mental health or my own uh, genetics, if this could awaken in me at a time where I wouldn't expect it or wouldn't know what to do about it and then in fact you know, have experienced depression off and on and then in my Mid 30s had a real nervous breakdown, um, had depression, and anxiety, and couldn't find my way out of it. Uh, but that ended up being the best gift of my life because I sought alternative paths and I found meditation and I found um, different healing modalities out of India and Central and South America and the Polynesian Islands. And I started exploring um, these shamanistic cultures and their experience or their mentality around mental health and the facts to them that oftentimes it is a gift sometimes it's an ancestor reaching through and saying you're on the wrong path or um, it's a it's a way for you to get to a deeper place to realize I'm deluding myself um, I'm creating this bubble delusion to protect myself but actually I'm hurting people and I'm hurting myself and I need to make amends I need to heal these relationships I need to heal myself so thinking about how to explore that how to explore that in storytelling how to message that um, how to see See characters going through something similar so hopefully people can maybe recognize himself in it or recognize someone else and realize maybe there's more to how we perceive reality or more to how we perceive our experiences maybe um happiness isn't always the ultimate goal or, or isn't always the norm or how we should always be feeling uh, and maybe these other feelings are gifts that we should tune into and understand
0: she tells us about her previous bojack horseman experience And how it led to Undone.
2: So I worked on BoJack Horseman as a writer most seasons, and I was there the first season. And um, the first season, I wrote the 11th episode, which is called Downer Ending. And it's this episode where BoJack has a drug trip. He's actually trying to avoid writing, so he's procrastinating, and he thinks doing drugs will make the book write itself. But in fact, he has this different experience in which he finds himself in an alternate reality where, if he had made choices that were a bit less selfish, uh, he would have been living in Maine with. The woman he loved, and they'd have a daughter together, and they'd be living close to nature and chopping wood and boiling water and cooking. And uh, after that, Raphael approached me, and I was very honored that he approached me and said, "Like, what if we made a show that was like that episode? Like, what if we made a show that explored reality and philosophies around reality, and you know how we wish life could be, how life is, and what we can do about it?"
0: They look at reality in this series and stretch it just a bit.
2: We're playing with the idea of the stretchiness of reality and how we perceive it and so we ultimately wanted a medium that would feel that way. We talked about live action but I feel like in live action when you have CGI you see it as CGI you feel it as CGI but animation we're so used to animation being stretchy and playful and and playing with reality that um, you don't feel the difference like it feels more fluid when reality stretches or bends Uh, so it became the right choice for it and a concern of ours early on was well the limitation with animation is you don't get all the emotion and the performance but then we worked with Hisko Hilsing our director he had the suggestion that we use rotoscoping which is perfect because then you do get that you do see and feel the performance you get all those expressions and all the emotion and the animators do a fantastic job so in Austin is where Minnow Mountain is and they are our rotoscopers so they actually do all the line drawings and they have to decide which lines on the face to draw to express all that emotion ocean uh, and they do a brilliant job of it and then it goes to Amsterdam to a submarine and then they paint each frame and then they actually each background is an oil painting it's like a four foot by two foot oil painting and then those characters are composited into that world that's totally created so it's actually very handmade and hopefully you feel that you feel like the handmade nature of this reality
0: she describes the production process
2: Right, it's about a year and a half, right, so it's a long process, and we make the show three times, so we live-action shoot it and edit it, I mean, first we do like thumbs, and then we do storyboarding, and then we do the live-action shoot, and we edit it, and uh, then it goes, and every frame is hand-drawn, and then it's painted, and then it's composited, yeah, and then it's, you know, then notes, and editing, and then music, um, and we're working with a beautiful composer named Amy Dougherty. Uh she's actually did a panel today with composers, but but she so brilliantly got all of the emotion, and the nuance of what we were doing. It was stunning. She's done a beautiful job. And she's really, every artist we work with has elevated the project. It's been an amazing collaboration.
0: As we said, time is central to this show and also a challenge with
2: production. You're up against time is always an issue, we, all, we we had the deadline of needing to get it to Amazon by a certain time so they could market it for the release, and we were able to do that, but at every moment you're like, oh god, we're going to make it, how are we going to do it? Um, also, an interesting issue that we come across with the rotoscopy is that uh, having many characters in a scene takes a lot longer, so if you have six characters in a frame, that's going to take six times as much time to draw all of them. And so. If Figuring out a way to have background extras or fill out a world or people in a church, you know, that feels like um, realistic and of the world. Um, so, and we found some interesting solutions and tried different solutions. And sometimes we just shot extras and rotoscoped them and painted them. Sometimes we tried characters that were uh, more CGI and that didn't really feel right. So ultimately, we found a process that kind of um, brought in real people and then rotoscoped them and made them feel the world, but gave us a little more time.
0: It sounds like maybe he could be lurking in the shadows, but was the work of Philip K. Dick an influence in this at all?
2: I love Philip K. Dick, uh, yeah, he's great and actually um, our one of our producers, Tommy Pilata, worked very closely with Richard Linklater. He's a producer of Skinner *Darkly*, and *Waking Life*. And he is a gigantic Philip K. Dick fan and very close, actually, with his family. Um, and so, definitely, he's always sort of pushing those ideas or, or angles as well. Yeah. yeah
0: talked to Tommy. Sure. Oh, did you? Yeah. His documentary, *More Human Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Special thanks to Amazon Studios and, of course, San Diego Comic-Con. Undone is still available on Amazon Prime, so check it out. It's worthwhile. Customizable podcast playlists, exclusive videos, special episodes like the Mix 100 podcast series selected by listener downloads. All this and much more at Sci-Fi Talk Plus. Now with 1,000 episodes uncut, and a special offer for a free lifetime access, now available for a limited time. Click on the link in the show notes. No anonymous sign-ups are allowed. Thanks for listening. This is Johnny Toloto.